Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have Bible, open your Bibles to Nehemiah. I want us to have a practical look at a person who saw opportunity and tapped into the opportunity and received a vision for life. So it's Nehemiah I want to look at now. And I want all those who are in the school of ministry to make sure they study this book carefully for future assessment. Amen. You cannot study things about ministry without looking at Nehemiah. So please take note of that one very, very carefully. And look at the person. Look at his relationships. Look at his fortitude. And look at his vision. Amen. Everywhere you go, in the realms, in the areas of business and the rest, they talk about Nehemiah and his vision and what he did and what he said. How did that vision come about? So as we keep on talking, you discover that you can provoke vision. You can do what? Provoke vision. How many of you do intercession here? You intercede for the nation. You intercede for certain groups of people. You are interceding for the kingdom. How many of you do intercession here? Be careful the way you are raising your hand. Because anyone who does intercession, that intercession stands before him wherever he goes or she goes. So don't raise your hand if nothing is standing before you. And after this teaching, you'll be provoked into the realms of, of intercession. You want to see Ghana prosper? It is not in talking. What many of us as believers are doing now is just to complain about the state and not do anything. And yet he said he has set us as watchmen over the, hall, the, the walls of the nation. And we are not watching anything. We are talking the way people are talking. We are only criticizing. We accuse our leaders. And yet we don't do anything that will make them be on the path. When you check your life, and if you be honest with yourself, you will discover that in your little country, in your house, you are not doing what you are supposed to be doing and doing it well. In the church, that little corner, you are not doing anything. It is very easy to see somebody's mistakes and want to correct their person. But how do you become one that will have a vision for the nation, a vision for the church, a vision for the kingdom? Until you're able to enter the realm of vision, there must be a desire, a very strong desire, 
and this was mentioned on Thursday, a very strong desire for a change. Change not because what is being done is wrong, but change because you are looking for progress. I want us to change our attitude as believers and look beyond us and see other people. Amen. Amen. Every time we go before God, we are looking for what to take. Lord, give me job. Lord, give me wife. Lord, give me husband. Lord, give me money. I want a new job. Every time. So we have become like children who are always crying for something more. And that attitude is not helping us. It's not making us grow. We are not making inroads in the kingdom and we are not blessing people. Hallelujah. Yesterday we had a chat with um, a family member concerning an in-law and the Lord just dropped something in my spirit for them and I told them, I said, this thing that I'm telling you, you must keep on using it to intercede until you see what you're looking for. And whatever you are interceding for, what it is about, becomes a vision because there is something you want to see come to pass. Don't let your life be that of a beggar with all respect. Don't let it be like you are, you are hungry and looking for food. It shouldn't be like, you know, God is owing you and you must collect from him. What God needs from us is fellowship. Is what? fellowship and in fellowship we join hands with him to pursue his agenda and you can't pursue God's agenda and you have a vision of the agenda so I'm placing a burden on everybody here today let your Christianity be profitable to the kingdom and to mankind hello it is not Sunday service it is kingdom service No Sunday service. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hachaliah, those are his words. And it came to pass in the month of Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the, the palace. Now, this man was in captivity. He was where? Sometimes our comfort doesn't help us. When you study the history of the church all the way from the book of Acts, you discover that any time the church entered the comfort zone, there was stagnation and there was confusion. And when God wanted them to explode, he would send persecution among them. And then they remember to pray. They remember each other. Like we were talking about the other time, the church in Nigeria sat down there and all they were doing the bigger ones were trying to swallow the smaller ones. You are not a pastor, I'm a bishop, and you are not anything. You don't have all manner of nonsense. That the same thing that we are seeing around here. That people have so magnified themselves above God that when they speak, it's final. The 
That's how they were misbehaving over there. Until they came to discover one day that the Muslims had tactically taken over the nation. All the principal offices in the nation are for Muslims. Now suddenly they got up. They, they, they came to themselves. Let's now come together. Let's do what? And pray. And they began prayers. Pray. It has happened in that country several times. I talk more about Nigeria because I lived there for many years. I know that place much more than I know Ghana. It's not my fault. Praise God. Then now they began to pray. And that is what has been happening for several years. It is only when there's affliction we remember that the other building beside our own is a church. And now we carry papers and go in there. Brother, good morning. How are you, sir? We believe that your work is growing. The Lord is on your side. The Lord is on your side. We are in our age of explosion. You tell man of things, hypocritical things. You know the enemy has started shaking the rock in the boat. It is time for us to stand together as brethren, then pray. And we trust our God for intervention. And then he holds the person and in the name of Jesus. What nonsense. And when the storm now goes down, we forget. It's happening here. In this Ghana. But if all of us can catch vision for the nation, vision for the kingdom, things will begin to change because we command what should be. We may not be in the government house, but we can change things from our closet. We have seen that one over and over and over again. Our authority cannot be contested by the world. It's not possible. But we are underutilizing what we have. We are setting the church on edge now to arise and that vision. Nehemiah was a prisoner. He was, um, what do you call it? In captivity, serving the palace at Shushan. And then some of the Jews came in from Israel, from Jerusalem. And then he asked, what is going on there? How is our people? And the city. And the story that came was so bad. Do you think it was only Nehemiah who was hearing that kind of report? No. What is the state of this nation? What is happening around here? Now you have all manner of people pontificating. This one is an expert in security. This one is an expert in governance. Everybody now is an expert. And talking, if talking were, was to be the avenue for blessing in this nation, would have gone very far. Ghana, Nigeria, talk, talk. To talk? In Ghana, we have about... 18 million coaches. (laughs) 
80 million. Nigeria owned the coaches, they are about 80 or 90 million. They are there. When they sit down to analyze soccer, you will think they are the ones that created it. Watch them on telly. Yeah, when Ghanaians are talking soccer, you will think that the soccer began, began from here. You see, we like talking, but we don't want to see. We only want to talk. In your own life, until you catch vision about who you want to be, that's how you'll be talking it. Many of us here have ideas, great ideas. We have shared them with other people. The people we share the ideas with, they want to put their thing to use and they are making profit, but we are talking. We are talking. Oh, you mean you can do this kind of business? Eh? I have sat down to look at it. It's so wonderful. You can, if you do this one for t- three years, Abba, you will break through. Okay, why are you not breaking through? Why won't you do it? The discipline to sit on the idea and develop a vision out of the idea is not there. It's talking. Just go about and talk and eat and go back to bed and sleep. And now when we wake up, we're asking God, Father, you say you supply all my needs according to your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. The time is now, Lord. Arise, O God, and bless my finances. God said, what is wrong with this man? He asked about the state. Why? His heart was after his people. Where your heart is not, you cannot have vision concerning the area. If your heart is in this kingdom, you have vision for the kingdom. You'll be thinking, what next? What can we do? What more can we do to make things better? What thing can we do in our home to bring greater peace? Young people, 90% of us, very young people, you have a lot of ideas that can transform your, your homes. Bring one idea and you stand with your parents. You can make great exploits. But only talk. Said Jeremiah, what do you see? What you cannot see can never become a vision for you. But what you see becomes an engagement of your spirit that is vision. What engages your spirit and you desire to see it come to pass is a vision. And then you press on until you get it. I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great what? Affliction and reproach. Who is uh, doing that thing? You better move fast. So the people were in great affliction and reproach. That's not the end of it. 
The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. The cemeteries, the tombs were set on fire. The dignity of the nation had been taken away. The vital force of the nation, which is the people, taken away. And the dignity, whatever was left of it, taken away. Now the nation or the city was suffering nakedness. A reproach. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept. What did he do? Who was beating him? Why was he weeping? An abomination had taken place. Something that should not be is happening. I'm not going to take it lightly. I want to sit down. He was grieved. He was grieved. And he was crying. He didn't just cry. I wept. Mourned certain days. And fasted. And prayed before the God of heaven. He mourned. Now, now the mourning among the Jews. Was not just internal. It was external too. You don't wear any good cloth. You put ashes on yourself, put dust, you wear sackcloth. It's a visible manifestation or display that something untoward has happened. He couldn't do that kind of thing in the palace, but the sorrow so grieved him that it became visible to the king. He prayed to God. When you look at the anatomy of the prayer, you discover that he took his time to ask God to forgive the sins of his forebears and the sins of they that were also present. He stood to intercede for his people, asking God to have mercy, asking God to forgive. Now look at this. He was in captivity, but he was in a privileged position. In the palace. And I don't think he lacked any food. He didn't lack food. He had good clothing on. To appear before the king, you could you wouldn't be dressed anyhow. So he was, he was, he was, he was, he was a man who was in captivity by enjoying some level of affluence because of where he was. So he would have said, I don't care. I'm okay. I'm covered. Let them, not them. In the days of Kutue Champon, General Kutue Champon, how many of you saw him? Are you sure you did? You know, so there are many of us here who don't really care. We have some level of comfort. So it's okay, it's okay, it's all right. Everything will be okay. Let's leave it on to God. The Lord will do it. God will not do anything ever ask him to do. On this earth, God has given us that power to take decisions and act. So our prayer is inviting him and saying, Lord, we have given you opportunity to come in here and intervene in this matter. If you see that Nyami Beye, Nyami Beye is a poor man's mentality. It's a poor man's consolation. God will do it. What is the meaning of that one? 
God won't do anything. You must provoke him to do it. Hello? Don't sit down there and say, the Lord will visit our family. You have not called him to come in there. You have not called him. But when you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, this is not how it's supposed to be. It must be this. Then he enforces it. So all this uh, approach of life, this passivity, let me just sit down. The Lord loves me. He will bring you to power. He loves you so much. Why not? He loves you. But he also would now consider you love the situation. You do what? You love it. That's why it's still there. Otherwise, you have come back home and have conference. Let's talk about it. But we're not talking about it. Now, he went to God and presented the matter unto God. I will not be able to go through that one because of the time. But it is your responsibility. And in verse 11, he says, Oh Lord, I beseech thee, let now thy ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servants. Who desire to fear thy name and prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, the king. He wanted, he took upon himself that responsibility to change situations. Nobody appointed him. A man of vision is not appointed by men. A man of vision appoints himself with God. I want to see a change. And I go to the one who is the source. The owner of the church. And I sit with him and tell him, Lord, this is not how you said it will be. This is what your word is saying. This is what your word is saying. This is what your word is saying. But what we are saying is not what we are saying. So arise, O Lord. And as you are the one who has got, you've gone to God now. And God is coming in because you went to him. Until you allow the thing to touch your heart, there shall be no vision coming in. Until you begin to hate poverty, poverty always sits in your room. Hate poverty. That's an outlaw trying to inflict himself, you know, just come to your way and then disturb your life. You must say no to it. You should be able to say no to sin. And don't sit down there and confuse yourself that Jesus died and he paid the price for sin and so what? He paid the price for sin and you have decided to go to sin. You have said Jesus paid the price but I have chosen to align myself with the devil. I enter into a covenant with him to do what is wrong. And you think because of what Jesus did it has changed God that God will not love sin happened that God will say okay now I, I, I God from this day forward because the price that my son paid I love sin human selfishness won't allow us to make any move forward selfishness we think about ourselves only so no vision nothing why because we are not considering a change. You want a change? 
in your home, sit down, examine, and see. Be sincere with yourself and say, Lord, this matter must change. It becomes your consumption. It is consuming you. And you are now sitting down to pray about that matter. And God will begin to show you which way to go concerning that issue. And you bring a change. Tears will not do anything. Tears won't do anything. All of you who have entered into the realm of Jeremiah's uh, ministry, that you cry anyhow. Where there's no food, you are crying. So, something is broken in the house, you are crying. Everything you are crying. You are crying about everything. Now you see, cry. If it, if it, if it is tears, that will bring solution. Ah. Then those who go to mourn the dead, the dead will rise up. Abby? Lord, why have you taken this man? Bring him back. Bring him back. There must be a conscious move towards a goal. There must be what we want. And then we stand to say no. Nehemiah saw it. Others did not see. At that time, he says, the Bible says that he was the king's cupbearer. He was not just an ordinary slave. He was he was well situated. When you go to chapter 2, he was still mourning and praying, and he showed on his face. And the king saw it. And he said, this is nothing but the sorrow of what? Of the heart. Tell me what is wrong. And he said, my, my, my people, the tombs of my ancestors are lying in waste. The walls of Jerusalem are broken down. What would you want me to do for you? He was pursuing a vision for a change. Every vision carries a force that compels intervention. It compels what? Intervention. Every vision, a genuine vision in your life, carries some force, some energy that compels intervention. His intercession, the desire that he has set before him to bring about a change was so strong that when the, the king saw him, he asked, what would you want? He said that you permit me to go and change the situation. Now, when you, you go to Daniel, that chapter 1, the Bible says God gave Daniel favor before the Enoch. That favor did not come from anywhere. It came from the vision that he had. I'm a Jew. I'm not in captivity. But my Jewish nature is not in captivity. You may be in prison for this gospel. But the gospel is not, is not, is not, is not bottled. The, work, the word will still work. It was his commitment for a change that brought him that level. He vowed. He took a pledge himself. He made a decision. I'm not going to defy myself. And God gave him favor before the people to do what he wanted. So your vision brings you to a point where God favors you. Because you are, you are in line with God. You are, you are agreeing with God to pursue a divine agenda. I believe I've mentioned it here before, but if I have not, just 
undertake a little project. Pick on a person, one person in the church. Love that person. And make that person your prayer project. That you are interceding for that person every time. Don't tell the person. But you keep on interceding from your heart. It's not, it's not because I said project. It might be something that you are doing. You love the person. And watch and see after a while how that person will be drawn to you. The person will what? Be drawn to you. A kind of a silver cord. A line is connected between the two points. You and that person. And when the person has a problem, you are the one he looks for. Why? Because in the realm of the spirit, you have agreed with God concerning that person. And God grants you favor before that person. It's an amazing thing. You try it and see. Pick somebody. Just, just look at the people around and pick someone. And say, from today, I'm praying for this, my sister. Her business, everything, her marriage, anything concerning her life. So on a daily basis, you are interceding. You are asking God, Lord, remember your handmaiden. Do this and do that and do that and do that. You brought him to this world for a purpose. I want to see that purpose fulfilled. And you are doing that one genuinely and from your heart. Just watch and see what will happen. There is something about love that you cannot beat. You can't overcome it. I can tell you some things that will be hard for you to believe. But when my children are in pain, when my children are in pain, I hear it and I feel it. The distance is not important. Not once, not twice. Ask me to explain why I can't explain. But when they are having challenges, I know. I know. One day far away, Nigeria, Faith was here and I heard her voice. I heard her voice, audible voice. I heard her calling me. I wept that way that I couldn't eat because I didn't know what was going on. Until later I received a letter from her. And that letter said, if you are the one that gave birth to me, if you are the one that brought me to this world, come and carry me from here immediately. Yes. Come and carry me from here immediately. So I had to obey. To come immediately. I did a journey that I had the kind I've not done before. To come over to Ghana, go to Accra here. A friend, God gave me favor. You see, I'm talking about divine thing. God gave me favor. A man gave me his car with a driver, took me to Kumasi. I got there and then carried her immediately and come back to Accra. When I finished, I came back to Accra here. And the next day, I chartered a car to Lagos and from there to where we were. They call it telepathy. That's how they call it telepathy, but it is love. It is what? Love. Commitment to a cause. If you are interceding for Ghana, anytime something bad is about to happen in this night, God will show it to you. It doesn't show it to you for you to go and now make fame out of it. Friends, I know where Ghana is going. I know where Ghana is going. I know God's agenda for this nation. In fact, yesterday he spoke to me. And this is what he said. That is not why God wants you to know. He is making you see that you will continue to intercede for the nation. 
We are too carnal. Very carnal. Very, very carnal. We always want the praise of men, not the praise of God. If you love this church, this assembly, with all of your heart, and you are interceding for the assembly, anytime something is wrong, God will show it to you. Not to go and correct the pastor. He is showing to you that you intercede. You don't have any business with this pulpit. This pulpit is one man's pulpit. Can two of us stand here? You and I, can we stand here? Ah. The other one that is for everybody is outside. When you step out of the gate, it's a big pulpit. It stretches across the nation and beyond the nation. It's everywhere. That one is for everybody. They call it go ye pulpit. Go what? Ye. The one here is welcome. This welcome pulpit. It's just one man that welcomes. How many people are welcoming? And this is the same pulpit that you're always fighting for. To intercede that the oil of glory will flow from the altar to reach the end of the room. That God's water will be gushing out from here to reach. Now, now we need to understand some things so that carnality will come to an end in our lives. Your pastor cannot meet your needs. Now, this morning, when we were leaving the house, my, my wife and I were praying. She's going somewhere to minister. And I'm coming here. And all we are saying is that God should make his word a blessing to the people. That's all. And to give them understanding of whatever we say. This is not what I prepared to come and teach. Don't follow me. If you want to follow me in ministry, then you've got to make sure you are sitting before him 24-7. Ah, Pastor, Bishop, how can you be before God 24 It is what I'm telling you. I may be having a chat with you, but I will not be with you. I'm trying to hear what he's saying. I want to see the dimension that we are going to. Dream. Think about your situation and don't talk about it. Think about it. Look for a solution. And stop talking about it. You are not a journalist. Do you know the key word for um, newspaper? Kowa krata, kowa. Kowa ndye. Huh? gossip. That is right. Because everything you will see in the newspaper is, is, is dead. It's dead news. It happened yesterday. True or false? It happened yesterday. So they came from the burial ceremony and then presented a report. And then that's what you are dying after. But you have fresh news for Ghana when you stand before God and lift up your two hands and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I leave this nation before you. The nation belongs to you. Jesus is Lord over this nation. We want to see what next, what's the next chapter. What are we doing again? And then God begins to show you things that you should know concerning the nation.
Because nobody will bring you money for that one, you are not interested. But you have forgotten it is in the peace of the nation that you enjoy your peace. If there was to be war in the nation, I would look at and sit down here. Will you be able to leave your house? You have not seen war before. Should I pray for war? No, no, no. It's important that Ghanaians will see war. I think I should engage in that business. Asking God that we should go into war. We will begin to appreciate God better. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I got born again in Nigeria, in the northern part of Nigeria. You are born again, you are a Christian, and one Muslim wants to eject you from your job, your house. You know, you are working. They won't terminate your appointment because you're a Christian. Now, will you sit down like that? No. You have to know how to talk to God. Because no man is talking for you. So you talk to God for God to talk on your behalf. You are running the church, and somebody is coming to petrol and matches to come and bend down the church. Will you now stand there as it was in the beginning? So it's now never shall be well without end. Amen. That's how you learn how to travel. I went to Benin City. It rains at any time. It can rain without caution. It, it, it will just rain. Sunday morning like this, you are dressed up going to church. You just say, room. You go and see that nobody is coming. <laughs> so the bishop of the diocese called me. Said, "Is that for?" I said, "Yes, sir." He said, "Welcome." <laughs> and he said, "Let me teach you how to stop rain, because you will need it." I'm telling you, Bishop Boy, I said, "Let me teach you how to stop rain. You will need it." He said, "This place it rains without information. <laughs> Before your chest scatters." Let me teach you how to stop rain. So you should be able to organize yourself and see beyond what the enemy will do. When you engage yourself in intercession, your spiritual antenna is sharpened. You are able to pick signals. Nehemiah wanted to fast and pray. How many times do you fast for the nation? Except when the church calls for it. There's a spate of kidnapping here and there. Has it done on any of us to devote some three days in prayer and in fastings to stop that kind of thing? No. We only talk. And we, are, we, have, we have allowed Satan to pit us against police. Police is here. A, a woman here, friends. Tua. Say Tua, no, say Yenedi. Yenedi, Yenedi. I'm uh, uh, kidnapping as well come to an end because T.Y. is not a kidnapper. Vision is cultivated. It's what? Cultivated. And you are the one who cultivates it. You catch it. Catch it. God gave him favor. And the king made facilities ready for him to go. And he went to the land. But that was not the end. Nehemiah had a vision. So when he got to the land, he went alone in the night to survey. 
the, the land to see what must be done. Vision invigorates the visioner. Gives you extra sense of responsibility. You are challenged on every side. What you salvage for, you want to see it come to pass. Are we catching vision now for our lives and for our businesses? You have a business, somebody has a similar business, the same commodity is what you are treating, and the person's own is going ahead. It's not a time to be angry or be envious. It's a time to dream. Time to do what? Why is this person's business going on? What is he doing that I'm not doing? And you begin to develop vision. What else must be done? You sit down and pray, trust God for a hint, and God gives you a revelation, and you begin to look at that one. This, what I want to see come to pass. And you work on it. You don't go and then see that you are angry, and because you are angry, you are gossiping. Don't mind these people. Nobody knows what they are using to make their church grow. Their church is growing. Whether it is by fair or foul means. But you can make your church grow by proper means. So there must be a challenge. It doesn't call for you to begin to castigate. No. It's a challenge to shake you up and say, I must catch another level of vision for this work and make it go. I've been watching the resident pastor for some time. I think on a daily basis, he comes out with new ideas. Yes. I've been monitoring. He doesn't know I monitor him like that. I monitor him even on phone. When he calls and he talks, I listen to the texture of the voice. Is this man at peace? No. The peace is not the peace that you are troubled, no, but he wants to see something happen. That's what I see. He's provoked. He has been provoked into doing something more than what he's been doing before. It must happen that way for you in your life. You see somebody's marriage is nice, don't talk about it, say, don't mind them. They will be fighting inside the house. What is your problem? (laughs) When they come out, they are holding hands. Who knows what they do inside there? Oh, do much about we mistake. mistake If they are deceiving themselves, it's good. Their deceit is making you to sit up. So you sit up and mind your own business and make it work. And let them deceive themselves. Later on, it will be announced. They will be the ones who announce it. When they start fighting. Like one, one priest fought the wife in jaws before he knew he was outside with the pestle. He wanted to hit the woman. And their house is center of the city. He was wearing singlet, this vest like this. The man came out of the house with the pestle in his hand. He said, Clerica is not marriage. They put on Clerica Kuntanity, with Kuntanity, like this. <laughs> you know Kuntanity? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kuntanity. So, somebody should explain that one to uh, uh, Romisi. 
Tell him what Kuntanity is all about. It's neither French nor English, so who know it? The cassock came out from the house with a pistol in his hand. Furious! The woman did a good job. She ran out of the house and the man couldn't break. Followed out. And everybody saw him. Before he became aware, he was outside. And people were looking at him. Some their mouth open. Some people there. They... And that, that fellow was just about to be consecrated as bishop. In Methodist Church. So, so if people are pretending, leave them very soon to show. But just be provoked by it. Be what? Provoke. Not to envy, but provoke into action. Begin to dream. Anything good that you see about a person should provoke you to begin to dream dreams. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. So you don't become one person in the corner somewhere that doesn't know what you are doing now. There is much to learn from here. The kind of oppositions that you will meet when you are carrying vision through, it is not a joke. But if you are committed to the cause, you always overcome. But for this morning, you have come to know that you can catch vision when your heart is drawn towards something. A situation that must change. Your heart is drawn towards it. You don't like it, so you go before God and you talk to God about it. He gives you a vision for it, a burden. You receive a burden from God to do it. And then you sit down. When you want to take this step, God will give you favor. And make provisions for you. I see that happening in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. There is nothing that you are going through that you cannot solve. It is you and God together that will make a team to solve it. And how do you do it? Call him in. Let your heart be in the matter. Change that situation. You do what? Change the situation by deadly commitment. Deadly what? Commitment to change. I want this thing to change. You sit down to dream and receive a vision from God. You can make your husband the best of men. You can make your wife the best. If only you can sit down and examine and allow God. Let's stop talking. Let's do what?